0: hug my mind. (laughs) You're tuned in to Not Now, Not Never, the podcast where we seek perspective, not perfection. The check
1: engine light is on and we're popping open the hood on our mental health.
0: Here we are again, Emily. Yes. Yes, y'all. How are you doing this lovely evening? How am I doing? Genuinely, I think I'm doing pretty okay. I saw this meme that was like, I'm doing generally okay, but I could snap at any minute. Don't catch me on a bad day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. How are you, though? How are you, Chanel?
0: Um, I'm great. I really think it's funny that both you and I have all of our appointments, like, for health and stuff like we're all doing it this week. We made sure that we're getting our shit done in January. Is it the very final week of January? Absolutely, but we're still getting it done. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Marathon, not a sprint. It's a, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, one hundred percent. And we have our dentist. We have our other doctors that we're going to. And you know, I feel like it kind of leads us into the conversation that we're having tonight which is about therapy and maintenance mental health maintenance physical maintenance all that kind of stuff i feel like you know in um, the last couple of episodes we've talked a lot about physical health and like financial health and i feel like it just makes a lot of sense for us to start talking about our mental
1: absolutely agree so let this be a reminder if you haven't already book your appointments
0: You can even book it, like, a month from now. Just put it on the calendar. It doesn't have to be tomorrow, but put it on the calendar. But book your
1: medical, your dental. If you're into therapy, book that too. Book it all.
0: Use your insurance.
1: There are resources. And, yeah.
0: So here we go. We're diving in. So, Emily, I know that you were mentioning that you were looking for a therapist. What? goes in to your search when looking for a therapist.
1: Obviously therapy is near and dear to me. I think it's really important number 1 when you're looking for a therapist and you are employed and your employer offers benefits, check out what benefits they offer. For example, it can be called EAP, if you're familiar with that. It can maybe offer things like talk space or these outlets where you can find therapists and vet them out. Sometimes you can have a free consultation, no commitment. My last company, I had a benefit that was called Talkspace. I was actually really intrigued by, and I utilized that to find a therapist. And it was a little bit of a merry-go-round. I would say the first therapist I didn't really like. And so I was just like, this is not a fit. Um, But luckily it was just a consultation. But I think generally off the one or two first intakes, you should be able to determine whether or not this is the fit for you. So I think leveraging a tool such as Talkspace was really helpful in helping me prepare on how to find a therapist. So it'll guide you on like what questions to ask them, what you're looking for. Also check your insurance, like what was in network, what was nearby. But I think as of late, what I recently leveraged was um, Psychology Today. Oh, Looking at their list of therapists because I tried Talkspace, I was looking at Headway. I think there was like a few other tools, BetterHelp. There's just so many now, and I was getting overwhelmed with the options. And so I just went to something that seemed a little bit more—I don't want to say old school, but I was going to say old school. Yeah, where they seemed vetted, it was verified, it was like a one-stop shop of their information because I hate when I have to press a link to get to another link to get to another page to get to another source of information. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I leveraged psychology today, was looking up some therapists, someone that was really meeting the criteria that I was looking for. And I had a consultation. It was about 15 minutes, shared some information with them and then booked my first intake. And so that was kind of like my process in trying to search for a therapist, which seems scary, but yeah. Just like, I guess, dating in today's society, it's kind of like the same thing. You keep searching until you find the one.
0: From your experience, do you have to pay for consultations or they will
1: either note that on their website or when you reach out over email or whatever outlet, they will let you know if it's free. But generally, everything has been free for me as a consultation.
0: Um, yeah, from my experience, I've definitely leveraged my insurance to find a provider. I think after 2020, so many providers went virtual and it's like now, I mean, at least, you know, at least for my personal taste, it's easier than ever to have therapy sessions. um, Because I'm fine with doing a virtual therapy session, like, if I can cry on the train, I'm happy to cry to my laptop. Like it's not weird to me at all. So I've been like super into being able to find like virtual therapists. I use my insurance to find it. Usually our insurance insurance has like a little search engine of like in-network providers and you can select, I think I've been able to select like the race or at least the gender of the provider who I want to see. So my personal type of provider is definitely like woman woman of color n- like that's pretty much it maybe a non-binary person but um like but definitely a POC cuz like just similar to my friends like i need to feel like there's like a similar understanding of like what's the playing field here what's the norms Is that trauma? Maybe, but it's also tradition. So, you know, like I just feel like I need to have someone like realize, like understand things. Um, And probably not a religious person just because my morals and stuff don't really stem from religion. So like I just, you know, need someone who like understands that or at least can separate the two, um, like your beliefs and mine. Um, so I've definitely leveraged insurance and it is definitely sometimes like an uphill battle. Like you'll call like all these different providers who are showing that they're taking in new patients, but they're not. Um, or like, yeah, like that provider works here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but they don't accept insurance here. They accept insurance at this other office that they work at Monday through Friday or Monday and Friday, not through. So, it's definitely a chore having to look for a therapist. So, because even after all of that, you might not gel um, with the person that you're meeting with. So, it can be tough, but it's definitely worth it for sure, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Do you have you ever done in
0: person therapy? I've done in person therapy as like someone like a junior high student, but I've never done in person therapy as an adult.
1: And how was that experience from what you remember
0: I mean, from what I remember, like you know it's annoying having to go, oh my god, trauma from i went to a I went to a therapist, right, and I saw this boy who I went to junior high with in the waiting room too, and it's a everyone everyone who's in this waiting room is going to see a therapist um but so he was there because I was like, oh, like, you know, like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I have to be here because like he was like very bad, like a bad kid. And so I think he had to go to therapy to, you know, um, like as a requirement of some sort. And I was like, oh, okay, well, can you not tell anyone that I was here? The next day at school, everyone knew I was at there in therapy. Oh, what a loser. Le- right. Like, and like, you know, obviously now I don't care. Like everyone goes to therapy. Everyone should go to therapy. But um, when you're in junior high, you know, people just think you're crazy. Like, you know, especially like back then, I think junior high kids now probably would be more understanding. But like back then, it's like the era of being made fun of. So dude, I was made fun of,
1: <laughs> I was made fun of for having curly hair. Oh, people don't understand when they dismiss my feelings about my hair, they'll be like, your curly hair is so great. You're so lucky. And I'm like, now in today's society, but back then, not only was I getting it from my Latino culture, oh, she has a pajo, oh, the mapo, like all the things. Mm -hmm. And then people would just be like, oh, her hair looks so ugly. Like all the things. It's just very traumatizing. And then even my freckles. They would call me Freckle Juice, so like Beetlejuice, but because of my freckles. That isn't even creative. I know. <laughs> I'm like, if you're gonna make fun of me, at least make it. I don't know, funny, but a I was, zinger. I was like, these things are so lame, and yeah, it's just so funny how the tables turn. That once you get older, the things that you were made fun of are the things that people are praising you now for. So. Um, interesting. Okay. So therapy as a kid in person with
0: junior high schoolers, uh, (laughs) scary. (laughs) Yes. And you know, um, for my, I feel like as an adult now sounds bad, but I would think I would, I think I would find therapy really hard to prioritize if I had to go in person. Wow. Just because, like, okay, I have to be presentable. Like, I have to put pants on. I have to put makeup on. I have to, like, put deodorant on all the things. I have to leave my home. I have to go there. And then you have to go back.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I actually hear on the opposite spectrum where people prefer to go in person because they feel like they can really disconnect from whatever environment they're in. So Mm -hmm. I know someone who. Doesn't like to have it at home because they live with people. and so yeah, that's true. They're like I don't have privacy. I don't feel comfortable stating it and then of course there's a conflict of time between when the therapist is available versus when they have their free time at
0: home. right. Um,
1: so I could see both sides where it's been really difficult to find a person who can do IRL therapy versus URL.
0: No, totally. I mean, it's all up to the individual and like what's doable for for them. But as long as you're finding that time.
1: Even like the mode, for example, with Talkspace, so the mode of therapy, whether it could be texting now, phone call, video, in person, I see tools like Talkspace offering those options too, to really meet the person where they are so that they don't feel pressure to have to show up at some capacity that they don't feel comfortable through to them
0: that makes yeah. them uncomfortable yeah i mean i've definitely answered like a slack in therapy ma'am i know it's bad but you know what sometimes i mean like i love my therapist do not hold this against her but like i've definitely heard her like typing so
1: i used to onboard therapists and i would onboard therapists and train them i would actually have to train them how to use The tool. And the first thing I would tell them is that when you're with a patient, tell them you're typing a note, tell them that you're typing the notes. And I only, that only came from recruiting because I also used to see how candidates will get so disheveled of just me typing or someone typing, or even that would be the feedback that will come back around. And they'll just be like, the recruiter was typing during the call, not really engaged in the conversation. So I could see the same thing for it being a patient, but yeah, you just bought up a core (laughs) (laughs) trainings, 70 therapists and onboarding like 20 therapists every single week. Oh my goodness. Wow.
0: So your next like, like step into therapy is, is what right now?
1: So I think for me, at least I use therapy as a tool to do mental maintenance. So just how you would inspect your car to get your maintenance done, to get your engine checked, your oil, all the things. I think it was already about that time. I want someone to hold me accountable on some of my goals and some of the areas that I want to develop in. And so it was around this time last year that I was seeking out therapy and I was doing it consistently for about five to six months. Mm-hmm. And I agree there comes a moment where it can plateau and you're just like, I don't think I need to commit as often. Yes. Because I feel like now I have the tools that I need to kind of get me through these things. And so I kind of hit that point um, and I was also transitioning jobs. And so out of this time, I think, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do is just pick it back up where I left off, reestablish some new tools
0: I'm in a better headspace now. So you're also in like a different like light stage in so many ways.
1: Absolutely. Like I think, you know, last year was so transformative in so many ways, going through a lot of personal things that I think that now I'm at the end of it. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see like where my mindset is now, how I want to move forward and be intentional in this new year. So I do see it as just like your regular checkup to you know your medical visit it's the same thing
0: Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, I, I mean, I've been like a huge proponent of like therapy in general. I think everyone needs to go to therapy. I don't think everyone needs to go consistently. Obviously everything is in doses for everyone, but I do think everyone needs to just like understand why and who they are, the way that they do things, why they do things like all that stuff. So I think that stuff like that is important, important. Um, so I started therapy virtually in like 2020, I'm sure with like everyone. I did not take the pandemic well. I mean, like I well, I lived right by Columbia Presbyterian at the time. And so like that was where the first um, New York City COVID case was at. And so because they they were like ground zero basically of where all of the co- like severe COVID patients went. So it was just like ambulance sirens all day, every day. It was just really, really traumatic um, for me. And like, it was super dystopian just like in my area, just like seeing the empty grocery stores, just like, it was just really bad. So I was severely impacted. And so I needed to seek therapy. And so I was in therapy like weekly and then over some time, ta- and then like, I kind it kind of plateaued a little bit, but then like, I went through like my huge breakup and then I needed it again, like sometimes twice a week, honestly. And then, you know, I kind of started doing really, really well again, just like being on my own and like getting into a routine and like getting into like a physical routine and all of that stuff. So it definitely kind of plateaued. And at some point I just felt like I was like talking to my therapist just with all of my problems. And it would be like petty stuff. Like I'm having issues with like this friend. I think I don't want to be friend with, friends with them.
1: <laughs> Wait, you, so, you know, I always talk about suits and I love suits <laughs> and <laughs> oh my goodness. And so Lewis, Lewis lit. Oh my goodness. Okay, so you know how I watch suits, and yeah. one of my favorite characters is Lewis lit. You just got lit up. Okay, okay. And <laughs> point is, is that there's a time I really like the show because it shows really realistic character development. Like it's very relatable. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, Lewis lit. He's a lawyer. He starts going to therapy. And his therapy sessions become that, oh, my boss hates me. This person doesn't like me. Oh, could you believe Harvey didn't tell me X, (laughs) Y, and Z? And his therapist is just like sitting there waiting for him to have his moment, but then level setting him and humbling him very quickly to realize like he was kind of the stirrer all of the problems surrounding him. It's like complaining. And then the last season shows him as a developed character where you know, he no longer is doing that. And the moment he did, he caught himself and was able to give therapy to himself to talk himself throughout the situation. And so, yeah.
0: So I don't think that's what's happening with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I get it. Yeah. You, I think that's good that you even had awareness of, okay, wait, this
0: is becoming a
1: negative way for me to vent, but am I really gaining what I need to gain out of it?
0: Yeah. Cause like I felt like if I didn't have something to vent about, then. I wouldn't have needed the session. And so when it was kind of like coming down to like me, like writing down, like, oh, okay, I had a fight with this person this week. Let me bring that up in therapy. It definitely wasn't something that needed to be brought up in therapy, but I was just like, well, I need something to talk about. Also too, I feel like it could be a little underlying,
1: right? So sometimes it is good to bring up those things because maybe it's going to open up something else that's more of an underlying issue that you weren't aware of.
0: Totally. I mean, the friend that I would have problems with, like, we're not friends anymore, so, like, and it's for the better. <laughs> so, um, yes, I think that that's probably a thing. But, you know, I eventually, I mean, I still love, like, my therapist. I think she was amazing. I think she's exactly what I needed at the time that I needed it. But now I feel like I'm kind of in a place where, like, therapists, they're not, I don't think that they're allowed to tell you what you should do. situations. They just kind of give you the tools to decide for yourself. But I really need someone to tell me what to do sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so funny you say that because while I was searching for my therapist recently, that was the one thing that I asked her, basically, what is her way of holding me accountable? That, you know, I'm not someone who will hold someone accountable in a way that creates more anxieties and pressures on them. So it's something I have to be mindful of because sometimes people ask for that. And then in return, what happens is that they become anxious and paranoid and all the things, and it actually defeats the purpose or the work that we're trying to do. Um, And so she was just like, you know, I'll work with you to figure out kind of what your way of I guess, learning and being motivated is. So maybe it's like motivational questioning doesn't necessarily give you the answer to how you should solve the problem, but that motivational interviewing style will get you to kind of that perspective.
0: Okay. I like that. Yeah. Like answers through questions.
1: Look at her. She's already helping me and we haven't even had like our first official session. Ooh, sounds like a date. I know, right? It did feel like one though, but it is, I'm telling you, it really is. But yeah, I've done couples counseling, for example. And I think, I think all types of counseling therapies can be helpful at different points in your life. So for example, I did couples counseling back in like 2019. And I think it was just so helpful. It was so helpful to show me how to set boundaries, how to really show up for my relationship. And I'm the type of person just like any other SLP manual guidebook that I will follow, I will do the same thing for my relationships, whether it's friendships, partnerships, I will do that. And so I do think that therapy can help you build more effective relationships,
0: yeah, uh, meaningful
1: relationships, honestly.
0: Yeah. And also like, it explains like why you react better or worse to like certain situations and stuff like that. It all come, it all stems from how we grew up. It's always going to stem from that. <laughs> it's yeah. always going to stem from childhood trauma, like uh, a plot twist, but it's always, it's, it's usually always that. Honestly.
1: Um, I mean, I think I forgot who I was talking to about this, but maybe it was you, but I just feel like you never really truly change who you are, like what's core to you as a child. And you're then trying to figure out how to appreciate that as an adult. And sometimes people get scared by their, what we call inner child coming up. They don't know what to do with it. Uh-huh. and then up All these other like traumas. And it's kind of like a cycle of just reevaluation of what has happened. How did it shape you? How do you want to let it move forward? How is it impacting your relationships? But girl, I even think, yeah, like the pandemic, that was so traumatic for me. And what, what it brought up, at least for like childhood trauma was nine 11 when nine 11 happened. And my dad was working in the city. He did not come home 24 hours. We didn't hear from him for 24 hours. And it was pretty traumatic and it was still like helicopters, you've heard sirens, all the things, people walking bridges. And that's just like that dystopian, futuristic kind of, I don't know, environment just freaked me out. I remember after 9-11, literally I was sleeping with my family on the floor in the living room because we were just so scared a plane could come in and just, you know, yeah. Totally. Insane, insane. It's but not
0: any, like it's not a crazy outlandish thought to have. Like no one knew what the fuck was going on. Like everyone was scared. Everyone in major cities was scared. Like mm-hmm. you're like, is it gonna happen again? Is it gonna happen in the night? Like, is it gonna happen 9-11, 2002? You know? Yeah. And no, literally, I was the last child to get picked up. So that was a whole nother trauma. <laughs> I have so much trauma about being the last child to be picked up. There would be times when my mom would just forget. I was I was so distraught, but I get it because my sister was going to school like on
1: the cusp of the Bronx and Manhattan. So my mom was like trying to get to her. My dad was obviously in the city, but my school was right across the street from my home. (laughs) But I happened to still be the last one to get picked up. But all good, all good. We were all safe. (laughs) I wish though they would offer more free therapy services and make it more affordable. Not saying that it isn't now. I think now it's becoming more normalized. It's being advertised. People are being more open about it. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, no, we're human and we all need it. That's it.
0: Exactly. 100%.
1: But yeah, I think everyone should get on board with this mental maintenance check. And I'm here to be a resource if you need help finding. Yeah, me too. Yes, yes, yes.
0: What is the difference between like counseling and therapy or is it the same thing? It's just called different stuff. I
1: I mean, at least in my opinion, I would see it depending on their credentials. Okay. So I know there's licensed mental health counselors versus licensed clinical social workers, licensed marriage. Um, what is it? Marriage. Family therapists. Okay. So I know they have different... C- Credentials and such. I'm not sure if the style of therapy changes, but I think more or less it's kind of a synergy of both.
0: Mm-hmm. I have been told that I would make a really good um, life coach. FYI, our oh. next endeavor.
1: <laughs> um, but no, I think honestly, a lot of what HR does is I'm, coaching. Is coaching. It's therapy. Honest, I yeah. people's problems all day, every day. I'm absorbing their mental health. I have people crying to me at least. I want to say once every other day, and okay. then hearing kind of like the worst of you know either their life, and then I have to play that balance of what the employee needs. Like so, it's always like human versus capitalism,
0: right? Like where do we,
1: where do I bridge the gap? But. I think that's my my purpose in life eventually is to become a life coach hopefully and just help heal the masses.
0: Well, you never know. You never know. Maybe it is not 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 never.
1: But what about life coaching for you seems interesting?
0: Well, I feel like and this sounds like this sounds insane but maybe like someone would be into this. So I am a Scorpio and Part of a gift that Scorpios have is that we are extremely intuitive. And I feel like we just have a way of telling someone exactly what they're thinking. And like, I'm always just like, I feel like I always tell my friends, like, I know exactly what you're thinking. Like, you're thinking blah, 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 blah. And they're like, yeah, well, why don't you just fucking say it? Let's get it done. Let's do it. Like, I have a friend, and she's a Cancer, so you would think that she would also be on the same wave. Um, But I was just talking to her about this guy that she likes, and she was just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're, we're both still seeing, like, other people. It's super casual, but, like, she's texting me as though she really, really likes him. And I was just like, are you keeping it casual because you want to keep it casual, or are you keeping it casual Because that is your way of deflecting how you really feel. That's like your safety net. And she was like, you bitch. Now she's going to have a conversation about maybe not being casual, being a little bit more serious. Yeah. So I've been checking Um, in on that.
1: No, it's true. And it's so funny because I do think you do a good job at holding people accountable because nine out of ten times we're just in our freaking heads and need to not think too much of it and just do it. Well, we'll see what happens with your friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, she could crash and burn. It'll all be my fault. I honestly, I I
1: would like to try a life coach because I feel like I can see a life coach and therapist be slightly different. Um, I do feel like a therapist maybe will keep me more in check with my mental and way of thinking, whereas the coach will really... Help me establish the way of being
0: yeah totally like I feel like a coach can be like I feel like a coach and this is just my personal opinion I, this isn't a professional opinion obviously but I feel like a coach is someone that you seek after you've already figured out like this is the my root causes or xyz thing mm-hmm. and like now I need now that I have the tools I need like the Ikea manual of like how to build um, this life. Those manuals suck, by the <laughs> way. I know, right? There's no words or anything. Just like this
1: picture and this screw looks slightly different than the letter that's on it.
0: Yeah, so like maybe when I'm done feel like building the dresser, there is one drawer that is upside down, but like we just don't open it.
1: Wait, that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> you see, you see. But- No, I agree. I agree. I feel like I can see my – I even think about it too as a – I don't know. So, for example, I use a fitness coach. Okay. I think it's been the best investment ever. So I've been on and off with her for about – since 2019. But what I loved about it is she gave me the tools – to build a lifestyle for myself that's sustainable when it comes to healthy eating habits and healthy mm-hmm. like, working out habits. I'm not someone who's major into, I'm in the gym five days, six days a week. No. no. I'm sorry. I'm an active person. You know me. I'm hyper. I dance. I do this. I do random ways. Going
0: to the Being on the treadmill for like 30 minutes is the most boring shit in my life. Absolutely. And I just think like her program,
1: her plan and her coaching she has made it such an enjoyable experience because I do think sometimes too, coaching can make or break you. Mm, mm-hmm. Where it just make you feel so lesser than them that. You're never going to get it right. And you just kind of give up and then, I don't know, retract.
0: Yeah. See, I feel like I, I really need some classes because I get annoyed with people quite easily too. So like, what kind of coach is that? <laughs> shocking, shocking. I didn't notice. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But it's so true. Like, why did you hire me if you're not going to do the fucking shit that I told you to do? It's like, come on.
1: Which, again, it goes back to finding the right fit. And so I feel like I did have another fitness coach prior to her. And it was an okay experience, but it didn't motivate me to want to continue it to make it a lifestyle. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the key is, like, finding something that you can integrate into your daily life. That it doesn't feel like, I don't know, a burden or a chore,
0: an obligation. Yeah, whatever. Totally. I get that. Like, what makes you want to be a life coach?
1: Oh, um, I think what would make me want to become a life coach is I'm just really interested in understanding how people see themselves, see their lives, mm-hmm. and how they want to maximize it, and I'm just so intrigued to like figure that out. I don't think it's like a immediate solution. I think it's like an ever evolving step type. exactly. And so I would love to kind of engage in that cuz I'm just so curious and I have so many questions.
0: See, I feel like I'm the kind of person I I can't, like, this conversation is making me think maybe maybe life coaching isn't for me. Because, like, I feel like when I ask questions of people, I have a way of asking them where it's such a rude tone. (laughs) Like, oh, so what made you think that that would be, like, a good idea? Oh, my God. And I would ask it with a period, not a question mark. Do that a lot. And it gives me the heebie-jeebies.
1: I'm like, she's mad at me. (laughs)
0: no it's just i'm just so calm i'm just so calm that didn't sound like it my question is just my question is a statement i don't know what else to tell you
1: that proverb my question is a statement (laughs) but no i think yeah i i i can see that i can see that not just you but just people in general how you're like wait did they really ask me
0: that yeah, I did. And you paid me too. So get over it. <laughs> <laughs> don't you think I'd be a really you guys. Don't you think you'd <laughs> hire me? I do think someone can thrive like that. Someone, yeah, like I like for like fitness co- like fitness coaching that you were talking about. I cannot have a mean person. Some people thrive by being yelled at. I think my mom has a fitness coach that yells at her and is like kind of mean to her, but she likes it. Sicko! See, like, I need a fitness coach who's like, "We're just trying. We're every day. We're just trying something new. We're just trying to be better than we were yesterday." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's so true."
1: I don't know. I feel like I like a little bit of both. I like an in betweener where it's like yeah. they know when they need to pump up the volume for me and put some fire under my ass, and then they know when they need to simmer down and just hug me and give me sunshine.
0: Don't hug me ever. But- hug my mind.
1: Yeah. Send me an emoji. I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. I just feel
1: like it's so. We as humans are so fast... fascinating. Fast... Fascinating. Where is that coming? I've been getting this like Texas accent. And I don't know where it's
0: coming from. It's tech. It's Austin calling you.
1: I think it's the district leaders that I'm working with, or something. But no. Um, I just think it's so fascinating to see how people see themselves, how you view them, and how you can use that as an opportunity to build. Just like courage into them, life into them, um, confidence even. I love seeing people thrive and feel confident and feel motivated. I think that for me, like I can thrive off of that. If I made an impact on someone's life by making them feel seen, heard, and in return that made them confident and able to do X, Y, and Z, I'm good, y'all. Peace, life on earth. Sounds like an alien leaving. (laughs) Maybe I am. (laughs) Maybe I am. Mom, I got questions. (laughs) Did I come out of an egg that landed on the roof? People say I say egg so weird. Egg.
0: Egg. That sounds normal. (laughs) I don't think that. (laughs) You're being honest. (laughs) I don't notice it. Emily, do you consider like friends therapists?
1: You know, what's so funny is shout out to my friends, Jessica, Steph, all y'all. They are therapists. So.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. That's fine. I was like, what the fuck? Where's my shout out? But okay, they are therapists. Got it. They
1: are therapists. So actually, um, growing up, I had a lot of friends who became therapists, which for me, I was never a friend that overshared I was very private I just mm-hmm. felt like I was a burden to mm-hmm. anyone. and that you know is childhood trauma within itself but I just didn't feel the need to share but then getting older I realized the less I share the more people disconnect from me or you know don't equally share or get vulnerable with me and I was just like why are my relationships are not that deep like is it me am I the problem yes. then I realized yeah it is me I am the problem like I'm <laughs> not like sometimes you do have to give a little bit to receive a little bit and so Mm -hmm. I don't think that my friends in a non-literal sense are my therapist because I also want to be respectful of what they're going through like sometimes I don't know they could be going through their own shit the last thing I want to do is seem entitled and call them be like could you believe blah 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 blah." and I'm feel like we post check enough to then be mindful of that, right? Yeah. Like if you're going through something, you told me, I knew, okay, yeah, I'm not gonna text Chanel with the three minute voice now saying how I hate my freaking coworker. Not that I do, by the way. Um, but you know what I mean. And so <laughs> I just think, yeah, it's all about reading the room and making sure you know what your relationship is with your friend before mm-hmm. you just, you know, or verbal diarrhea them to them. Yeah.
0: Because also sometimes like I don't know. I don't I don't normally think this way. This is pretty like anti how I think. But sometimes like you could be sharing something with someone who not necessarily isn't ready to receive it, but more so like won't receive it well. And you don't know what they're I don't know. You don't know what they're gonna do with that information. So sometimes I I feel like you have to have caution with like Like, how good of a friend are you? Like, you can't just be friends with everyone. And so definitely seeing where you're at with that relationship with that person. But yeah, I think it's important to share things with people, like, whether it's about sex, dating, work, just like, trauma, like, family stuff, trauma. Obviously, not every conversation needs to be, like, this deep, heavy one, but kind of giving someone a little bit of your bio so they can understand you a little bit better, relate to you a little bit more possibly is always something that's going to make like a friendship stronger or it like weeds out.
1: Yeah. But you, and you know what though? I always struggle with finding that balance though of, hey, maybe they're not as interested in me am asking a lot either. So sometimes I feel, at least now, I've been trying to be a little bit more open and, you know, be the friend that shows up. And I do pride myself on being a good friend and just being very private with what they share with me. Like, honestly, anything anyone shares with me, like. Vault. Vault. Lock. Mm, seal. <laughs> you know, like. I'm just that type of person. Like, I I like to see the good in people, even though that's fucked me over uh, many, many times. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I'm starting to struggle with that now as an adult where I'm just like, well, if they truly wanted to be there for me, if they truly wanted to be my friend, they would ask more meaningful questions. I really hate, though, the, hey, you're on my mind, or hey, checking in what's up? And it's just, it seems very surface level. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because my newer friendships have shown me what the quality can look like. Yeah. That now I'm just like, well, if these friends are always doing this for me, checking in with me and seem interested in me, of course, I'm going to give them my energy, my time, share my vulnerabilities, share more of me to them, because I feel like they deserve that. And also I get that in return and I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, we had we had this conversation quite recently about um, asking questions versus like just listening. And so, my point of view when talking about like asking questions, like obvi- like to me, and I'm I'm not someone who gives people the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm very much like you're guilty until proven innocent.
1: That's so funny because my other friend had told me this on Friday, which also curious on your take. She's Mm -hmm. like, I am no longer needing the evidence. She's like, I'm trusting my intuition and that's enough for me to just be like X out of my life.
0: 100%. Like, I'm just like that. I don't care. Um, So I feel like because I'm so harsh to people, if you're my friend, I like... You should already know that, like, if I don't want to talk to someone, I'm not talking to them. If I don't want to be somewhere, I'm leaving. Like, I will hang up the phone immediately. Like, I just don't want to talk to – if I don't want to talk to you, I don't want to talk to you. If I'm done with something, I'm done. So obviously, if I'm having a conversation with you, I'm here to also listen to what you're saying. So if you ask me a question and I tell you, I'm not going to ask you back because – Obviously, I want to hear, but maybe it's not that obvious for people um, unless you know that about me. It was just like, okay, your turn. Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's a new
1: perspective for me. I feel like I also think I'm changing in how I like to connect with people. Mm. I was always a bad texter. I got better this past year, but now I started the year with my notifications off. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw, but like my Do Not Disturb is probably on, I want to say 20 out of the 24 hours. (laughs) And it's been great because it's been putting less pressure on me to feel like I need to to respond as quickly. Obviously, we all have competing priorities with work, but I just feel like this idea of notifications and they pop up everywhere. Yeah. I was like getting a little frantic, but also I feel like it wasn't allowing me to really connect with people then because- Text is such a quick exchange, and sometimes you can do it without even thinking. Exactly. No thought, no intention. And so, I don't like when I don't like to respond that way. But to your point of that perspective, yeah, I can see listening, but then I guess it depends on the topic of whether or not I would ask a question. So, I don't know. But I feel like if it's a more getting to know you type of question, yeah, I'm going to ask you.
0: Interesting.
1: Interesting. If you're like, hey, what are your thoughts on the Apple Watch being banned? Mm, X, Y, and Z, here are my thoughts. What are yours? Yeah, I'm going to ask.
0: See, I would already jump in because like this whole time I just want to (laughs) talk. But you see, this is what I mean. It all goes back
1: to the quality of the friendships. Like yeah, we are are just the girlies that have good convos.
0: Yeah, it's also like, you know, I don't think that either way is wrong. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's...
1: Yeah, you're right. It's just my preference. And I'm liking that now I have preferences and I can say, no, that's no longer for me. If that's a friend, person, place, thing, whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You also know who you're talking to, too, right? Like, Not really. That's what I mean. Like With text, I feel like
1: I don't know what version of you I'm going to get. Am I getting the anxious version of you? Am I getting the version Always. of you? <laughs> am I getting the version of you that's in the middle of doing five different things? Am I getting the version of you that just feels obligated to respond to me, but you're not going to respond to me 24 hours later. I just feel like I can never gauge sometimes when it comes to texting as a form of communication and catching up with someone. Whereas mm-hmm. like a FaceTime, I feel like, okay, if we haven't talked in a while, let's make it a little bit more intentional. Let's catch up over FaceTime, not, Hey, checking in on you. What am mm-hmm. I supposed to say there?
0: Also like, What do you I'm someone who's so like suspicious. I'm like, what do you mean? What did you hear?
1: Overthinkers over here. Exactly (laughs) my point. I'm like, where do I even begin? I'm not like hello, hello. Checking in in on
0: what bitch. (laughs)
1: Exactly my point. (laughs) So all that to say, kind of circling back to friends as therapists, I think every friend serves their purpose and you'll eventually know like what friend to go to for what. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's nice to have like a variety, like a little toolbox, not saying that y'all are my tools, but y'all kind of are. <laughs> y'all hold me down. Y'all put me together. Y'all fix me up when I need it. All I want to be, be a hammer. Fitting.
0: Fitting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to be the leveler.
1: What's that. Oh, that's a good one. I know, huh? Can I be that one for you? Fine. <laughs> Score. But, yeah, I think friends are awesome. Therapists are awesome. Life coaches are awesome. Fitness coaches, all the coaches.
0: Yeah. I really, I'm curious. I actually really, I have been um, hearing about y'all's fitness coach. And I want to tune in. I want to subscribe.
1: Oh my goodness. Shameless plug, AR30, Angelique. No, but seriously, her program is so amazing. Um, She's a person of color, woman supporter, love her program. We um, had a workout class on Saturday that went out for like, went three hours long. I'm still sore, but it was so amazing. And I want a free complimentary program, which means you should do one with me
0: fine.
1: <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I think that sounds fun. Um, I don't want to, you know, spill the too many deets, but I just think the accountability piece is there, but it's a way of just making you feel encouraged and motivated to not give up. You know, you, yeah, you share pictures of your, your meals, but it feels what? like a community where, you know, everyone's like motivating you. They're like, you got this. Or if someone says, Hey, I don't want to work out today. I had such a bad day. No, just do it. Show up for you, you know? And I think I need that. I think community is really important.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that like, you know, I was like someone who was really not into working out with like a partner, whether it's like a boyfriend or like my friend. Um, because I would work out with my ex. Um, but I don't know. I just never really felt. I don't know. I never really felt good about it. Um, not for any reason. Just like it wasn't my vibe. And maybe it was the gym. Maybe it was like the. uh, Like. like the machines we are using or whatever but like I go to F45 almost like every morning with Krista and like that is so fun to me because like it's a class like there's steps that we're doing there's things we need to be doing and then I have like someone who's like there with me and it's nice to like leave the gym with someone go get a smoothie after like a coffee after Mm -hmm. um yeah I don't know how I don't want to not give myself too much credit but I don't know how often I would go if Krista didn't go with me. Because like I do go to classes without her, but I don't know. No, I agree. I
1: think, honestly, you find what works for you at that given time. For me, for example, Genesis was the one that introduced me to... The AR30 program, and her and I went to the workout class on Saturday. And honestly, yes, for me that felt like therapy. It was like a mental maintenance day that was so, including physical fitness. You know, her and I had the car ride. We got to catch up. We went. We worked out, and it was so great. You know, we were surrounded by great women, great community. And then we went to
0: IKEA, and we were just like window shopping. (laughs) No, I think that the social impact of um, working out with, like, a friend or with a community is really important because, like, it's something fun. It's motivational. Sometimes it's silly. Like, you know, the F45, like, class that we go to, like, you know, you start seeing the same people over and over again. And I feel like I was kind of in a position where I was like, oh, like, I see them, but do they see me? And they do. Like... You know, like the F45, the 710 crew, whoop, whoop, like we're out there um, in the morning getting crazy at 7 in the morning. And it's just nice because, like, we see each other. We say hi. We all live in the same neighborhood, obviously. We had a um, white elephant. Um, we had like a holiday party together and we did like a white elephant and it was just silly. Like it was super fun, super silly. It was a great time to like meet everyone and see everyone. Cause like you see people, especially at something like F45 where you're like, damn, like they must have their life together. They must be so healthy, so fit. And then like you see them at the bar and like, you know, we're at the end of the day, we're just eating, eating pretzels and drinking beer.
1: We're one in the same.
0: We are one in the same and you're like, I guess I'm also, I'm at the 710 too, doing the full workout too. So, you know, it's just nice. I I think that community is so important for the mental. I have like so much fun going to F45. It just, I feel like it's like definitely something for my physical and mental health, but also it's like a um, punctuation of my day, like helps me get up early. It helps me like be out of the house. Sometimes I can do a quick grocery shop in the morning after if I need to go pick up a couple of things. Especially when working from home, it can be a little bit very easy to like not leave the house. Um, so something like that gets me out of the house, and it's nice.
1: Yeah, I love. I really, really love that because I've been trying to figure out a good routine that sticks, and mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. But I'm, I might try that. I might try to commit to something consistently, maybe during the morning, because I agree, working from home, sometimes I don't leave my house for like three to four days. Totally. Just like for what? I don't have to spend money. I have my groceries here. I'm working uh, for what? Fresh air. And I mean, obviously when it's warmer, fresh, <laughs> air, fresh air for sure. But I feel <laughs> like something in the morning to set your tone and keep you on track. I kind of miss that now that I think about it
0: yeah, like I'll go, I'll get up in the morning, I'll do like a quick little like get ready routine and then I go to the class and I might pick up coffee, I might go to the grocery store, I might just go straight home. But after, you know, I'm like, I have to take a shower. So like sometimes if I don't work out in the morning, like I won't take a shower in the morning. I may have taken one at night. Like I won't take a shower in the morning. I won't really get ready for the day. Um, but after class, like, I need to take a shower. So I'm going to do my skincare routine. I'm going to put my hair up or I'm going to curl it, do something. I may I probably washed it, you know, and it's just, like, I have an outfit, like a new fresh outfit that I'm going to wear for the day. So I just feel like it's already set me up.
1: And you know what? I love that what you said is, like, although things can shift around, it still keeps you rounded in yeah. some, some way. And I think for me, what I've been incorporating is, Meditating every morning and journaling. I wouldn't say every morning, but every other morning. And then I also got a word of affirmations book, okay. um, which has been nice because now I wake up. So, for example, I woke up today. And I turned my page in my affirmation book, read my affirmation out loud. I had to wake up super early because I had an early meeting, but I needed to wash my hair. Um, Um, They had like a deep conditioner oil thing going on. And I was like, if I wanted my hair to not be a soaking wet and for me to look like a wet dog, that means I need to be up at five to then wash my hair, to then have it diffused by this time so that I can meditate and journal before my meeting. And I think- But you
0: still got it done.
1: But I still got it done. And I think telling myself, you know, hey, maybe you just need to start your day a little earlier if you do want to still commit to the things that are your foundation to your daily routines. Like for me, I know if I don't meditate or journal, I feel scattered. Yeah. My thoughts consume me. I'm starting to overthink. I'm not processing the right way. And I'm so happy that my friend um, Zoe introduced me into it a, cou- a couple of years ago because I remember I could not meditate for the life of me. Oh, yeah, Yeah. No. I would oh. sit and I was just like, "So, do I want to get a cheeseburger later?" Or hell yeah, you know? <laughs> like I just couldn't silence my mind. And then I don't know what it was, but I don't. I feel like I had like a life changing experience with um, meditation. And then, of course, I also did shrooms, which <laughs> y'all already know. Well, you already do know. we? I was like, we'll talk about that in another episode. But, <laughs> It just really made me connect with just this aura of light. And now that's what I focus on. It sounds very crazy, but. It's a little woo-woo, but I'm curious. But it's great, but it's great. Not the, the, I mean, the shrooms, yes, but I mean, just the meditation and journaling. It's great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that. See, I feel like, I feel like routines are so important. Like, I actually like to think of them less as routines and more as rituals. Rituals mm-hmm. is fun, witchy, feminine. Routine, like suited up. That is like really like type A. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> my rituals are my little spells that I've casted on the day to like make sure that things are going exactly the way I need them to go. So, I like love a little ritual.
1: Morning rituals.
0: Like, and it's, it could be morning. It could be I have my morning and evening rituals. So my evening ritual is usually a shower. A, cause I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to be dirty in my bed. That's sick. But um, also I have to have a cup of lean, AKA sleepy time tea extra.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. You and your teddy bear.
0: I love him.
1: (laughs) That is my man. You know, actually, I'm going to send you this new drink I came across, which is another sleepy time. A mocktail, the sleepy mocktails. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: I have to tell you a story about that later. Like, I'm having, like, okay, so, like, a normal, like, routine is definitely a little sleepy time tea before bed. Like, my skincare, um, brushing my teeth, like, my oral care, all this stuff. But if I... Had a super hard day at work and need to go to bed and like sleep hard. I'll have my little gummy. Honestly, yes. Sometimes there's need a little five milligrams to take the edge off.
1: Don't we all? Don't we all?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. So, yeah, um, basically, like community and friendships definitely are. I think I would say like they contribute to mental health and maintenance and just checking in authentically, all those good things. Um, Emily, do you have any affirmations for yourself? I know you're talking about meditating, but do you ever affirmate? Affirm.
1: Wait, I have to tell you the one for today. Hold on. Affirmation for today is one thing at a time. Most important thing first, start now.
0: Okay, so that's-, that's just the
1: word of effort, or what's the word. It's
0: the word of the day, kind of.
1: Um, so the phrase of the day that stays top of mind for me, where it's literally one thing at a time, and that's the first thing I kept telling myself: one thing at a time today. Pace yourself. Don't get anxious. You'll get through the day. You're amazing. You are capable. And then it starts kind of trickling down to more words of affirmation for myself, Mm. um, what I am and how I feel about myself. Because I am a person, I love to compliment people, but I hate to compliment myself. Mm. I went to a woman's retreat um, in October and they made me say out loud that I love myself. You're like, they made me. And it was so uncomfortable. Like. I love you, Emily. And you have to like, I was just like, wait, why does this sound so weird? And and I didn't realize. I'm like, I can tell anyone, you know me, I'm the friend that always says, I love you. Uh-huh. Every phone call, text, whatever. And I could not say it to myself. And I'm just like, what is wrong with me? And then you don't realize that you internalize that eventually. Like, do you even
0: love yourself, girl? Uh-huh. Then it gets even worse. Yeah. So. <laughs> I
1: think it's really important to give yourself words of affirmation, phrases of affirmation, whether it's in a booklet form, whether it's post-its around your mirror, whether it's in your notes app, whether you're saying it out loud, I think it is helpful for that mental maintenance.
0: Yeah. I had my friend, um, Krista, she came over at some point. I don't really know how this happened, but... um I, I don't know. I just, get, I, my anxiety will work, like will work overtime on things. And I just think the worst, a lot of the time I get really bad anxiety and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like what did I say last night? Like, I'm so sorry. Like I was super sassy last night, just things like that. Um, and I just have a lot of anxiety, like, cause I'm just like, I did something wrong, this, that, the other, whatever, whatever. And, or I'll think, like, of the worst possible outcome. And my therapist says that that is my defense mechanism. Like, if I have an escape plan, then everything will be fine. Um, But, like, yeah, we could prepare for the worst. But what does it do for the present? You like, is it helping you? Is it hurting you? All that stuff. So I know why I do all that stuff, but I still do it. Um, And she, like, gave me, put some Post-its on my mirror that was, like, what if it all works out? What if everything is great? All that stuff.
1: I was just about, I honestly was just about to say that where someone had told me this last year where it just shifted my perspective because I was spiraling like that, where I was just thinking of the most intrusive negative thoughts of, I don't know, it just didn't even make any sense. And I was like, just spiraling until someone said, but what if it does work out? Or what if it doesn't pan out that way? Or what if it leads you to a better result? Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, again, redirection in my mindset. I don't know. It, yeah. The power of words. The power of words. Love it. I do recommend, though, if anyone hasn't already, to watch um, the Brene Brown documentary on Netflix, where it talks about the call to courage. And it really talks about all of this, where sometimes you can overthink, which in return makes you feel shameful and could lead to other things impacting other relationships. But at the end of the day, all you're trying to do is be courageous and show up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's a courageous act. Show up for yourself.
0: Yeah. And then
1: if you think it's this, it's that, it's going to have a negative impact, just show up for yourself. Have some courage. I like that. Because what if it does work out?
0: Yeah, what if it does? (laughs) Thanks for coming
1: to my TED Talk. (laughs) 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 That would actually, I would love, and let me, maybe, okay, power of manifestation. I would love to post a TED Talk in my lifetime. I don't know about what,
0: but I'm just going to put it out there in the universe. All right. This is... We'll We'll write this down seven thirty
1: seven p.m Yes, yes,
0: January
1: 29th. what about you? What are some of your affirmational practices? I don't know if affirmational is a word, but let's run with
0: it. Um, affirmative. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hold the Google.
0: <laughs> For me, probably just if it happens, it happens. I mostly use that when I'm in a plane. And if I'm thinking about it crashing. Because I'm like, it's already too late. I'm already in the air. So if it crashes, it crashes. There's really nothing I can do at this point. I know that that sounds so bad, but it really calms me down. (laughs) I don't know why, but the scene, I don't
1: know if you watched the SNL skit of the Alaska airline. No that's what came up in my head it's an snl skit so it's funny obviously
0: respect to that but (laughs) but
1: it was funny when you said that that's what i was envisioning
0: but yeah that's what i envision it really calms me down just like if it happens it happens like if it like the we like the domino effect is already in motion it is too late now so
1: stop it how do you stop it
0: No, I don't really think about stopping it. Because then if you stop the domino effect in life, you are dead. Wait, what? I'm just thinking like, I'm saying like, everything's already happening. It's going to happen the way it's going to happen. So it's already in motion. Yeah,
1: this is fine. You're, you know, yeah, exactly. This is fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine.
0: (laughs) And if it's not, it will be. Mm-hmm. not
1: now but not never
0: <laughs> very true yeah wow what a great podcast name so cool.
1: I just remember us drinking our what was it Negroni's or Aperol spritz at that Italian place you took me to after work and we just started scribbling down on a pad hey we should do a podcast hear our themes hear the names we we're going back and forth and then Look at us now, episode seven.
0: Whoop, whoop. Thanks for joining in on this week's episode of Not Now, Not Never.
1: Remember, it may not be for you now, but that doesn't mean it never will be. It's all about the progress, not perfection.